Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News, episode 335 on Now You Know. And today's episode is sponsored by Climate Exchange. We're going to tell you how you can win the EV of your dreams a little bit later in the show. So stay tuned. So it appears to be a Tesla Highland prototype was spotted last Thursday. How do we know that it's a Tesla Highland? Well, it's got almost the same covering as the Model 3, which was spotted with identical coverings back in early December. Oh, right. And we thought that that one had a little camera in the corner of the light. Does this one have it? Unfortunately, the picture of the front end was just a few inches off that ever important light corner. Because other than the coverings, I don't see any difference between this and the regular Model 3. Because the big difference is probably under the cover. So new bumpers? Or new hidden cameras. We just don't see them because they're, you know, hidden. Okay, but if there are new cameras, wouldn't they be obstructed? Well, the front lights on both the old and the new spottings had Velcro around the lights. So it's possible that you could pull off the light coverings and that would reveal the cameras, which would allow you to test it on like a closed test course where there weren't going to be pictures. But it also could have to do with front and rear castings, which the Model 3 hasn't had before. It could be that this is simply a cheaper Model 3 with slight differences in the body due to gigacasts. It is definitely a possibility. It's just really exciting to see another camouflaged Model 3 out in the world. It leaves a lot of room for conjecture, obviously, but it's fun to think that there could be a refreshed Model 3. Yeah, comment down below what you think is going on under the covers. Okay, stick with me here. It can be a bit confusing when we start talking about EV prices in the U.S. Right, because the IRS rules and the federal tax incentive. Right. So last week, the IRS finally changed their ruling on the Tesla Model Y long range. It had been deemed a sedan, which, of course, is capped at 55000 But they moved it rightfully into the SUV category. So now it's capped correctly, in my opinion, at $80,000. Meaning that the Model Y long range now qualifies for the $7,500 tax credit even if you added a few options that bumped it above the $55,000 limit. Correct. Except that on the same day, Tesla raised the price of the Model Y by $1,500 from $53,490 to $54,990. Okay, so to jump back a couple weeks, Tesla had slashed the prices of the Model Y to $52,990, but then last week it raised it $500 to $53,490, and now you're saying that Tesla has raised it again. Right. But still, it's good news. The Model Y is still way cheaper than it was, and now it qualifies for the $7,500 tax credit no matter what you do to it. Ridiculous! <laughs> so to sum up, you could buy a Model Y long range for as low as 47490 here in the U.S. if you qualify for the full $7,500 tax credit. Yep, and that's going to create bonkers new demand for the Model Y for sure. Model Y Performance also got a $1,000 price bump up to $57,990, but the entry-level Model 3, the rear-wheel drive variant, saw a $500 price drop to $43,490. 
and I saw that there was no change to the Model 3 performance price and that the Model 3 long range is still not available to order in the United States. Yeah, why is that? I think that they still have a lot of back-filled orders that they haven't, like delivered yet. Could this have something to do with our first story, though, of the the Highland projects? Maybe they're going to do something that lowers the price or something. That is a possibility. And I think that all of these, you know, price changes, again, they're big news now because we know about them. But you got to remember that you don't know the price of any car on the dealer's lot, no matter what they put the price tag as, because you still have to go into the finance office and they have to tell you about the thing and you have to sit there and wait half an hour. But it's really interesting that Tesla can start to bring the price back up on the Model Y, which is going to help their margins. You might be saying like, oh, well, they only lowered the price for a couple days, seemingly. But you have to remember that a lot of people ordered during that time. So for the past three weeks, Tesla and many of its executives, including Elon and chairperson Robin Denholm, have been called to give testimony in the trial of Elon regarding his 2018 tweet about wanting to take Tesla private. Elon even turned up to the San Francisco courtroom last Friday to give his closing remarks. So much media coverage also known as FUD, about whether this would lead to Elon's downfall when he was found found guilty. guilty. Inevitably. (laughs) But alas, this was yet another case of much ado about nothing. Don't disrespect my years. Remember, a human ass. Though it be not written down, forget not that I am an ass. Because as it turns out, after just a few hours of deliberation, the jury found Elon to be not, not, not guilty, guilty, guilty. Uh, unanimously, by the way. And Elon said, thank goodness the wisdom of the people has prevailed. I am deeply appreciative of the jury's unanimous finding of innocence in the Tesla 420 take private case. During the multi-day testimony of Elon, we learned during this trial that Elon said even if the Saudis hadn't coughed up the money to take Tesla private, Elon would have used some of his SpaceX shares to fund the deal himself. But Elon was swayed by Tesla investor sentiment that they didn't want Tesla to become private. Now, the plaintiff claimed that Tesla shares fell by as much as $12 billion in the 10 days following this now infamous tweet. Um, And I would argue that most of that share price drop had nothing to do with Tesla's fundamentals, but everything to do with the media getting to use Elon's tweet to flame more FUD storms. And let that be a lesson to you, Tesla bears and shorts. Stay long, stay true, Tesla Nation. Because it all turned out to be much ado about nothing. And it's just, it it was nothing. It was just, everyone could just keep, yeah. Oh, he's for his tweet when he's sending 420. It's a joke. That means marijuana. Nothing. Nothing. Turned out to be nothing. And uh, it was just, it was as if it was inevitable that he was going to go to federal prison and they were going to put him in solitary confinement. Everyone was like convinced of it. Every news story was just like, and he's a criminal. It turns out, nope. Um, It's just been like, what a relief to just have this finally be done. I just wish that the media would actually report on what just happened, which was that he didn't do anything wrong. Right. And they're like, well, but I, mean, I guess the, that's what the jury thought. And it's like, well, it was that's- a thorough investigation. Like it took it took how many years? We're f- here. We are five years later. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. Like, God, why did it take this long? So there's less than a few weeks left for you to get in on the chance to win a Tesla or a Rivian of your choice. We're talking about the Climate Exchange 7th Annual Raffle. We are so grateful to be working with them and honored to have Climate Exchange sponsor this episode. Climate Exchange works to fight the fossil fuel industry and advance state climate policy. The work they do 
is so important. You can help fully fund climate exchange for the year through this annual fundraiser. So the drawing is set for February 24th. You can go to their website and check out your chances of winning right now with this updated speedometer that shows ticket sales. They're only selling 5,000 tickets, so your odds of winning are really good. This year's grand prize is the chance to build your own EV. Yeah, choose from a Tesla Model X Plaid, Model S Plaid, Model 3, or a Model Y. Or you could choose the Rivian R1S SUV or R1T truck with any and all options. And Climate Exchange will even take care of all the taxes. The full prize is worth up to $250,986. If you don't win the grand prize, you can still win $10,000 cash for second place, $5,000 for third, $3,000 for fourth, and $2,000 for fifth place. So there's a lot of chances to win. And the tickets are just $250. The live drawing is set for February 24th, so you are running out of time. It makes a really great Valentine's Day gift, by the way. Don't miss out on the chance to win. Go to carbonraffle.org. Thank you to Climate Exchange for sponsoring this episode. According to data published by the European Automobile Manufacturers Association last week, 12.1% of European Union auto sales in 2022 were battery electric vehicles. And uh, the year before that, it was 9.1% in 2021. So looking at this chart here from Motor One, you can see that over the past 10 years, Europe has seen a big shift away from diesel in blue, and even in the last couple of years, away from gasoline in orange. Now, the gray segments, which is electric, is growing fast. And looking at Germany last month, we see that Tesla sales continue to grow. Tesla claimed 2.4% of all new car registrations in Germany in January. 4,241 new Tesla registrations in January, a 912% rise from January of 2021 when it only sold 419. And again, to be fair, Tesla sales in Germany, as in many countries, has been lumpy as deliveries arrive uh, all at once, like from a boat. Hopefully now with Giga Berlin ramping up to volume production, we'll begin to see steady sales numbers throughout Europe. And remember, this is before the recent price cuts. And now let's focus on China. In January, which was a shortened month because of the Chinese New Year holiday, according to the China Passenger Car Association, Tesla sold 66,051 Model 3s and Model Ys. That's an 18% increase from the previous month and 10% higher than January of 2021. So not a record-breaking month like Tesla had in November with just over 100,000 cars sold, but the holiday accounted for a huge number of down days at Giga Shanghai, something like a third of the month. So I'm guessing with the recent price cuts, factory updates that happened over the holiday, and more customers able to afford Teslas, that we should be able to see some new record-breaking months coming up. Yeah, maybe even this month, because according to an internal document seen by Reuters, Tesla appears to be ramping up to 20,000 units per week at Giga Shanghai to meet the increased demand. So get ready for some more 100,000 plus months. So last week, we railed against Consumer Reports for placing Tesla 7th out of 12 on their driver assistance feature list. That was basically one guy at Consumer Reports getting to not only pick the criteria, but do all the ranking. Jake Fisher, Senior Director of Auto Testing. Now Consumer Reports has published their most loved auto brands ranking. And guess what? Now that Consumer Reports can't pick the winner, now that 300,000 vehicle owners got to pick, guess who fared better? That's right. Tesla came in number two, coming in behind the number one ranked Genesis, which is Hyundai's luxury brand. 300,000 vehicle owners were asked whether they would buy a particular brand again, and Tesla came in number two, followed by BMW, Subaru, and Lexus. And at the bottom of the list, Mercedes-Benz, Volkswagen, and Infiniti. Interesting. 
Now, we were supposed to have an announcement already in December or January about the location of Tesla's Giga Mexico. But so far, nada. Yeah, Mexico's foreign affairs minister, Marcelo Ibrard, did say last Thursday to Bloomberg, what I would think is that we're very close to have this announcement by Tesla, but I don't have an exact date yet. They will make their announcement. We can't announce it. Ibrard confirmed to Bloomberg that Tesla has been shown several locations around Mexico for a potential factory, including a location near the Mexico City airport. Now, I'm guessing that if Tesla goes for this airport site, that it'll be a logistics type building, not a factory. Hmm. So I'm excited for another Gigafactory announcement. This would unlock the next level of Tesla production. But mostly all we have to go on are rumors and statements like this from abroad that don't really tell us anything substantial. I mean, with all this cash on hand that Tesla has and increasing demand as Tesla lowers prices, it seems likely that we'll get word about a Mexican gigafactory this year. But exactly when is hard to say. Now, a little piece of conjecture here. I think that Tesla might be waiting for um, their March 1st kind of investor day mm. where they're going to tell everyone what's going on. And there's going to be, you know, the $25,000 Tesla being announced. Maybe that's where it's going to get built in Mexico. Um, Do you think knows? Elon's going to come out and dance a mariachi or something? Like, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. He has been known to like mariachi. And he's been known to dance according to, you know, where he is, like uh, the German dance, That's the true. Chinese dance. Hey, and if you like Elon dancing about new gigafactories, hit the like button. Really helps us out. As we reported, Tesla slashed prices across all their models earlier this year. To stay competitive, some EV makers like VinFast and now even Ford followed with price cuts of their own. Yeah, Ford cut prices on the Mach-E from $600 to $5,900, depending on the variant. Now we're hearing from GM and VW about what they plan to do regarding their EV prices. Apparently nothing. GM CEO Mary Barra announced last week, when we look at our strong product portfolio and the interest that we have at the prices that we've already announced, we feel that we're well positioned. We think right now we're priced where we need to be. Now, keep in mind that GM currently only has four EV models for customers to buy. The Chevy Bolt and the Bolt EUV, the Lyric, which GM has delivered only 122 of last year, and the Hummer EV, which GM delivered only 854 of last year. Right. And uh, GM is already losing money on these four models that GM can't even deliver. So lowering prices just isn't an option for them like it is for Tesla. Yeah, GM has said that they will be losing money on its EVs until at least 2025. OK, but what about Volkswagen? You said that they're not lowering their EV prices either? Correct. VW CEO Oliver Bloom said this last week. We have a clear pricing strategy and rely on reliability. OK, we trust in the strength of our products and brands. And we're going to talk more about margins on this week's Investor Club bonus stories. So please join us over there on Patreon, help support the show and get lots more content every week. But basically, Bloom isn't being completely honest here, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. VW can't lower their prices. Their costs are way higher than Tesla's. So he has to bluff and say that they have strong brands. Um, VW, GM, Toyota, they're all in a really tough situation where the fastest growing segment of their industry EVs is unprofitable for them because they took so long to enter the market. Now Tesla is way out ahead and they are all playing a game of unprofitable catch up where every step brings them more losses as Tesla gains momentum. And as I've said many times before, mark my words, many of these big auto companies are going to disappear faster than you think. And I mean, with GM, I get it that they can't really lower the price of the bolt, right? <laughs> it's 
rock bottom prices because it's it's a secondary EV. It's 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 not necessarily the primary EV that you can drive to, you know, across the country to grandma's house. And it's had so many problems. It its brand is oh, in the, the, I think in, that's the, the main reason. in the the proverbial toilet. And uh, I just think that that's why they can't raise the prices because people would just be like, why? Right. Um, it is lower than a Model 3 right now. And that is all it really has going, all for got it. going for. It. Exactly. <laughs> so Elon tweeted out last week, I was just reviewing the production beta Cybertruck. It is incredible. And we got to look at what appears to be a couple new design revisions on the Cybertruck. So what many people think are the beta version of Cybertruck were spotted in Palo Alto, California last week. First, we see a new side view mirror design. The original shape seen like at like Cyber Rodeo event um, on the left were these rectangular rear view mirrors. Now in this photo taken last week on the right, we see a very triangular shape. And we're going to talk to our patrons about that one. And some video taken shows what appears to be a different taillight design. Now. I was worried about this because I liked the original one that went across the mm -hmm. back. Uh, luckily, Elon commented on this. It, so it's not going to be just two little lights on the side. He said production will have red light bar. Okay. Whew. So this is just a beta. Whew. They must have thrown some just red lights that they had hanging around. But to be honest, I'm a little worried about these triangular shaped side view mirrors. Mm -hmm. They look too small to see enough. Well, and Elon actually tweeted about this. He said, still many tweaks to make it better. And the side mirrors are removable by owner. But this is very close to production design. So wait, 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 wait. if I remove them, how do I see behind me? Um, guessing cameras and screens. So so like if I remove those, there's cameras underneath. So, yeah, I don't know if the camera view is going to be on the center screen or on side screens or something. I, I need to know. I need to know. Well, what are you doing? I'm going over to the Cybertruck Owners Club. There they have all the greatest and latest information about what's going on in Cybertruck. I can talk to everybody about their thoughts. They're going to probably know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they help sponsor the show. Head on over there, especially if you want to find out where you are in line with your Cybertruck. Because there is a spreadsheet where you can update and find out what your place is in line. We're like number 20. Really? Yeah. So if you guys have been watching for the past few weeks, we've been reviewing lots of different chargers over on our Now Let's Review channel. And the latest charger we reviewed has some really unique features. Uh, aren't all chargers basically the same? You wire or plug one end of those into the house circuit and you plug the other end into your car. Well, this one uses a key card to start and stop charging. Oh, so that could be a perfect way to keep other people from charging on your plug. Yeah, if you had a small business and you wanted to offer charging to employees only, uh, this would allow you to do that. Or if you install this at your house or apartment, it could prevent people from stealing electricity from you. And the price is really competitive with other wall connectors, even ones without this feature set. And uh, did you mention that we're giving it away to our patrons? Oh, we are giving it away to our patrons. Yeah, go watch that video to find out how. But if you wanted another reason to check out the Now Let's Review channel, you have to go see our review of the AdMotor M340 trike. Yeah, last year we tried out some e-bikes with some of our family friends who were getting on an age, and balance was a major concern. So we thought out we should try out some stable e-trikes. And well, we didn't really get the results we were hoping for. Yeah, I think you did a really good job testing it out. I'm excited to test out some more e-trikes this year and see if they perform any better. You can check out these reviews over on our Now It's Review channel, another channel of ours that you can subscribe to and it would really help us out if you do. And over on our Disruptive Investing channel this week, we interviewed Daniel Burrell, the CEO of RE. They're a company working on vehicle platforms that allow for a lot of modularity of design. Yeah, the idea is that instead of designing a whole car with a chassis and cab, Re is making what they call 
corners, a modular wheel and motor system that can be placed in all four corners of the vehicle, allowing you to make your vehicle as big or small as you want. It also gives the vehicle four independently powered and steered wheels. And if something breaks, you can swap out the corner in very little time. So it's really good for fleets. Check out that interview over on Disruptive Investing. All right, so according to an internal Rivian email that was obtained by Reuters and confirmed last week by Rivian, Rivian CEO RJ Scaringe plans to lay off another 6% of their workforce. Okay, so how many jobs are we talking about and what jobs? Rivian has about 14,000 employees right now, so this would be about 840 employees. And Rivian says they won't be in any of the vehicle production jobs. Obviously, Rivian is trying to ramp production. So my guess would be like marketing jobs, customer service, and hopefully some middle management jobs. And you said another job cut. I don't remember a previous Rivian layoff. Yeah, last July, Rivian cut 5% of its workforce, about 700 people. So why are they doing this if they're also trying to grow? Don't you need more employees when you're growing, not less? Yes, but Rivian is hemorrhaging money right now. Uh, we don't have the Q4 numbers yet. Those will come out at the end of this month. But in Q3 last year, Rivian had a $1.7 billion net loss. Of the quarter? Of wow. the, just the quarter. But they do have a lot of cash though, right? Yes. As of the last filing, they had $13.8 billion in the bank, which they say should get them through 2025. And what I think is interesting here is that, yeah, you can cut this many people and not slow down production, which means they probably hired a lot of people who manage people. And those people they manage are probably other managers. Like it's becoming a very common thing in the tech world where you just hire more managers because it looks like you're getting like more work done. Mm. But eventually you just have floors and floors of a building full of people who are managing other managers. Right. And I mean, Elon's kind of leading the charge on firing lots and lots of people who are managers. Do this. Go on LinkedIn, type in Rivian. And start looking at the jobs mm. and you will see a list upon list of people who you're like, what is this job? Like, it doesn't sound very important. And I think the problem was Rivian got a lot of money for many years when it was cheap. Mm. And when you get lots of money, it's easy to do all sorts of fun things like hire people and set up coffee bars. And then when money gets tight, you have to get rid of all that stuff. And we're going to be talking more about Rivian over on Patreon bonus stories and Investor Club bonus stories this week because there's some other stuff that Rivian's doing. Mm. So SpaceX's Starlink has been granted a license from the FCC to test out its latest version of Starlink Terminal. This one could be slightly larger than current terminals. And what's interesting is that SpaceX has to list where it will be testing, like with coordinates. Mm. And the first spots are, of course, SpaceX headquarters in L.A. or Cape Canaveral or even SpaceX's Seattle branch. But then I was reading through and one of the spots is in Riverton, Wyoming, and I looked up the exact coordinates and they are for uh, livestock liquor. Well, I mean, maybe it's somewhere else nearby, like across the street at Phil's Dog Shack. <laughs> um, and that's the fun part about public information is you, you never know what you're going to get. But another great piece of news is that Nigeria is the first country in Africa to receive Starlink service. Nigeria's Minister of Communications and Digital Economy, Issa Pantam, said, Based on the national broadband plan, we were to have 90% of broadband coverage by December of 2025. However, we recently gave a license to Starlink to provide services, and this has given us 100% coverage about three years ahead of schedule. Now, it'll likely be fairly costly service since setup and a year's worth of service will cost about 500 
500,000 naira or a little over $1,000, which is over the median income according to World Population Review. But we're talking a few hundred megabits per second, which is far more bandwidth than is needed by most households. So it could be an opportunity for small companies to use a single terminal to internetify a bunch of households at once and spread the cost around. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. You don't necessarily have to have one terminal per person. You can, I mean, once you've got the Wi-Fi, you can actually sell it. I mean, you can start a business. And Elon just tweeted out that Starlink is now available in I'm Italy. Alive. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Italy just had a huge internet outage. Uh, and so having things like Starlink will make it not have outages all the time. That's awesome. So Electrify America has just raised prices quite a bit. Now, the Pass Plus membership plan will remain at $4 a month. But starting on March 6th, the new prices will be as much as 30% more for per minute billing, while per kilowatt hourage has increased slightly less. So let's take a look at this. So pass, which is the lower membership. It's the free membership. Okay, so um, 43 cents going up to 48 cents kilowatt hour, 16 cents per minute going up to 19 cents per kilowatt hour. That's if you're only charging up to 90 kilowatts, going from 32 cents to 37 cents uh, up to the 350 kilowatt speed. And Pass Plus, which is the you know $4 a month special club membership, went from 31 cents per kilowatt hour to 36 cents per kilowatt hour. And per minute went from 12 cents to 15 cents. That's the 90 kilowatt or below. And 24 cents up to 29 cents uh, at the 350 kilowatt speeds. And I mean, I get it. Prices for electricity have been going up, but this has started a big surge of stupid stories about EVs costing more than gas cars to charge. Yeah. And if you look at these prices, they are high. Well, and it's all relative. Tesla charges different rates at different superchargers based on location. So the price at a supercharger in California will cost more than, say, one in Florida. But the price of gas in both of these places also reflects, you know, this to the same extent. You know, basically, gas in California is wildly expensive. Right. And so if the supercharger in California costs a little bit more, it still would have been cheaper than pulling into the gas station. Whereas in Florida, the price of gas might be lower, but so is the price of electricity. So, I mean, Electrify America is averaging out the price across the U.S., meaning that a lot of cheaper electricity places are gouging prices to make up for other places where they're losing money versus Tesla, who've been able to keep their prices to about 25 cents per kilowatt hour. Right. And so I mean, why doesn't Electrify America do that? I don't know. I feel like it's too complicated for them. So they just say, one, one price, one price. Otherwise, people might get confused. And we have a story this week on Patreon Bonus Stories about something bad that happened at an EA charger. Ooh, yeah. You're not going to want to miss that. Ace drone pilot Joe Tegmeyer just spotted some big presses weighing 334,000 pounds each. They're being installed at Giga Texas, and you can see them here. Oh, wow. These must be metal stamping machines for Cybertruck. Well, except that they were going into the cathode building. So, uh, so maybe not origami folders? Yeah. Uh, no. According to some amazing internet sleuthing, uh, these are Sacme 2000 series presses, which from all the documentation that I have read on them, they are used for forming ceramic tile. What? Why would that be going into a battery factory? Well, it could be possible that they're going to be used to make other ceramic parts. Interestingly, though, these pictures here were from a worker who said that the machines are three times bigger than what is needed and that the only reason that Tesla got them is because the smaller ones had a longer lead time. Wow. And they got two of them. I wonder what they will be used for. 
Yeah, I don't think that Tesla is ever going to have like a public course on like how we make our batteries step by step. I mean, battery day was probably the closest we're going to get, huh? Yeah, but I mean, I don't remember any kind of like, and then we take a Sacme 2000 series press and we make something out of ceramic, which we're going to use to make batteries. Well, I just love that their engineers are so smart that they can take a machine that is bigger than they need and they can figure out how to make it work because they just need it fast. And I mean... They also have the cash where it's like, oh, it's a little bit more uh, CapEx investment, which will probably pay off, you know, further down the line. Yeah, let's do it, because otherwise we'd have to wait six months. Right. Hyundai has completed EVA range testing for the upcoming Ionic 6. Here are the results for the different trims. So you can see it's a very efficient vehicle with a low drag coefficient of 0.22. The Ionic 6 also finished European WLTP range testing and came up with a range of 614 kilometers or 382 miles for the rear wheel drive long range. Of course, WLTP range is on the more unrealistic side of things. Right. Hyundai confirmed that the Ionic 6 will start deliveries in the U.S. this spring and Europe starting in March, April as well. And, and I was impressed that the longest range version with EPA testing, which is very realistic, came in at 361 miles or 581 kilometers and had a consumption of 140 miles per gallon equivalent. I mean, so again, if you are used to gas numbers, imagine getting into a gas car that had 140 miles per gallon. Like that's insanely efficient. It is insanely efficient. And, uh, you know, yeah, props to Hyundai for coming out with a, a vehicle this efficient. Again, I think Hyundai has kind of been this under the radar EV brand. Um, I think that if they can kind of sort out charging, if they can either get on Tesla network or if Tesla lets them onto their network, it could be a an interesting vehicle to kind of, you know, for someone who wants to. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Really, really long range. Hmm. Hey, and if you want to share stories like this with your friends, but you don't want to share the entire one hour long episode, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chop these into little bite-sized clips that you can easily share. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And, you know, the other day, I had never done this before, I actually I shaved against the grain using my Henson shaver. Is that bad? Um, you don't usually do it because it causes a little bit of skin irritation, but it usually gets a closer shave. And uh, wow, was it a close shave. Um, I was like, oh, Oh, that's that's close. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people think that uh, you're not going to get as as close a shave because it doesn't have multiple blades, um, which, you know, multiple blades are just yanking hairs out of your face and giving you horrible acne. Um, if you want to get an amazing Henson razor, you can use our code. Now, you know, and if you put the box of 100 blades in your cart and use our code, you'll get them for free. Now, we've reported previously on the Boring Company's proposed tunnel project for Fort Lauderdale, Florida. This project is called the Las Olas Project because it would be two, two and a half mile tunnels going east-west under Las Olas Boulevard that would connect downtown and the beach. Currently, this route is being connected using some surface trolleys that don't run all the time. And by all accounts, Las Olas Boulevard gets very congested during peak times with visitors and residents alike. So the Boring Company proposed this tunnel to Fort Lauderdale uh, city planners back in 2021, and the city committed to spending $375,000 towards what's called a feasibility study. That includes looking at alternative options, a geotechnical report, 
and the initial design drawings for the tunnels and the stations. After a 45-day period, no other companies submitted bids, so they started the feasibility study. Let's fast forward to now, and Fort Lauderdale has spent $50,000 so far on the study. And now Fort Lauderdale's vice commissioner or mayor, Warren Sturman, says this about the project. Hesitant doesn't even begin to explain how I feel about it. The project, in my opinion, seems to be ridiculous. We call it more like an A-ticket ride from Disney. It's more of an amusement ride than solving a transportation issue. People must park their car downtown, then they get out and wait in line to catch a ride on a boring tunnel car that takes them to the beach. Once they're at the beach, they are dropped off at the same one point and must take a third mode of transportation going north and south to their final destination. I think that it's time to cut our losses and just move on. So... The Boring Company's latest proposal is to have the city pay the remaining balance of the feasibility study, and then the Boring Company will pay for the $100 million tunnel loop. The, the Boring Company will pay for that. Exactly. Okay, not the city. No. So th so this is a feasibility study. Now, 300 and some odd thousand dollars, that sounds expensive for a, a study. Yeah, it's a few consultants to make sure that you're spending the money wisely and that it can be done. And then is this like a common thing that happens very in cities? Common. OK, yes. So this isn't like this isn't some brand new thing. No. And it's to show the boring company that you're serious, like spend okay. a little money to show that you really want this because we don't want to start doing it and then have you go like, no, stop. And But it sounds like that's exactly what they've done. Exactly. And I think what's going on here is that uh, people started calling up, you know, this mayor and said like, you know, it's not, it's not good for me. Like, I'm not going to be able to use it or it's going to hurt my business. Um, hello, Fort Lauderdale. If you don't do this, you're missing out. I mean, look, I'm assuming that the boring company will get to charge a fee just like they do in Las Vegas for their tunnel there. And this would be how the boring company would get paid back for building the tunnel. But to me, it's short-sighted not to build this. His quote shows his complete misunderstanding of how transportation can work. I mean, yes, you get on it in the downtown area and you get off it at the beach, just like the trolley that runs above, except that the trolley is making traffic and in traffic, whereas this is not in traffic. Right. Also, I mean, if you want to attract people to your city, don't you want to have some kind of cool ride? And, and here's the fun thing, right? Uh, there are basically two places that are, I would say, you know, touristy in Fort Lauderdale. There's the beach, obviously. And then there's, I don't know, the downtown. Right. Having those two places connected where tourists who are going to you know, show up want to stay at a hotel either on the beach or in downtown, they're going to want to get between the two places. Do you really want them to be on your roads driving right. to get to the beach where your residents are trying to you know, do the same thing to get to their houses? And wouldn't it be fun to hop in a Tesla underground and get there in yeah. a few wouldn't minutes? Wouldn't you rather go to Fort Lauderdale now and say, oh, they have that cool underground tunnel right. that we can ride uh, instead of going to, I don't know, Daytona Beach where there is no tunnel? Right. So, I mean, if you feel like I do and you're a Fort Lauderdale resident, reach out to Vice Mayor Sturman with your thoughts. Um, we put his email in the show notes below and maybe you can change his mind. Well, and also, also, also his point about like, oh, and the cars are just going to drop you off at one point. They don't necessarily have to. No, I mean, they the tunnel could, could be expanded <laughs> or they could drive out of the tunnel onto the surface roads yep. and drop you off a mile north. But also, I mean, once you're at the beach, you can walk or take a it's bike. It's a beautiful or... beach. Exactly. They're short selling themselves. Right. I would love to get off and go for a walk. Wouldn't, now, wouldn't businesses love this? It brings people between the two big parts of the city. And like... it's a great spot to just come out and walk because there's lots of restaurants. There's lots of fun it's things to do. It's completely short-sighted and they're going to they're gonna miss out. They're going to regret it. All right, it's time for Going Green. So let's go next to Australia, where not only was the Model 3 the third best-selling car in January, but it also appears that Tesla has opened its supercharger network in Australia to other EVs. Oh, that's exciting. 
Now, it's not all the superchargers in Australia. In fact, it's just five supercharger locations, according to the tweet. So just 24 stalls, all located in New South Wales. Big surprise. And it may be that they pick these particular superchargers first because they are usually not that crowded. Other EVs will have to pay quite a bit to charge on the supercharger network. So non-Teslas will pay 79 Australian cents per kilowatt hour, or you can pay this monthly subscription fee of $9.99 Australian to lower the price to 66 cents Australian per kilowatt hour. So European superchargers are opening to non-Teslas, now Australia, and we reported on the Magic Dock appearing in the U.S. So it seems that it's just a matter of time before Tesla opens the supercharger network worldwide. And this gives us a good sense of how they're going to do it. Basically, um, raise the price of electricity over a Tesla, and then you can charge a monthly subscription fee to use the network. Yeah, it makes it a profit center for Tesla now. Yeah. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So if you've been watching this show, then you already know how cool Tesla's mega pack batteries are. Yeah, three megawatt hours of power each. That's enough to power 3,600 homes for an hour. Tesla's energy storage business is growing exponentially. Uh, Tesla sold over six gigawatt hours of grid storage batteries in 2022, 152% year over year growth in Q4. Now let's talk about a real life case of how Megapack made a difference. Let's go to Humboldt County in Northern California, where on December 20th at 2.30 in the morning, a 6.4 earthquake struck. Thousands of residents were left without power. But the Redwood Coast Airport has its own microgrid that it built last June. It's called the Redwood Coast Airport Microgrid, or RCAM, and it has three Tesla Megapack batteries. So instantly, the Megapacks took over when the earthquake hit, and RCAM stayed up and running, which meant that the airport, the Coast Guard airbase, and nearby residents kept their power for 15 hours until the utility could get the main grid back up and running. RCAM is California's first 100% renewable energy, front-of-the-meter, multi-customer microgrid. What does front-of-the-meter mean? Energy generation and storage systems that feed the grid, as well as the power lines used to transport that energy, are considered to be front-of-the-meter because the energy they provide must pass through a meter before it can be used. Um, So they are positioned in front of the meter. So in this case, RCAM has a 2.2 megawatt solar farm front of the meter, uh, meaning that if they produce power on a sunny day, the power can go through their meter to the main grid and they can get paid for the electricity that they generate. Or if they need to power from the main grid, they pay for it through their meter. Oh, okay. So behind the meter would be electricity generation that the utility makes that I just buy. I get it now. Okay. Oh, and you forgot to mention how RCAM's Megapacks came to the rescue again last month during all that cold snap. Multiple times it powered their grid when the main grid went down. Should I mention how we just got another fat check from our power utility because we let them use our four Tesla power walls during super hot summer days this summer? Yeah, a pretty nice thing to get in the mail. Oh, thank you for letting us use your power walls. Uh, Here's here's your money. Yeah. I mean, normally you open up the bill and it's like, oh, I got to pay this this month. And this time you get a check saying, thanks for letting us use your power walls. And those were four power walls, not three mega packs. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say how much they paid me. It was a lot of money and I didn't feel it at all. Like it did not affect me one bit. Um, But this is a really good 
um, demonstration of how microgrids can make a really big difference. Because um, if you, you can imagine, if you had a bunch of these set up all over the place, yep. uh, disaster could strike, and much, much less of you know the infrastructure would lose electricity. And I mean, this is you know important places like airports and and coast guard bases, um, and they're all over the place, right? So if each of these has this installed, and they can afford it, right? Because those are big places but then the residents around those places get the benefit yeah. as well so it's like it makes the grid super resilient all these people are saying like well we have problems and i don't know how to solve them this is the solution mm. hey and if you'd like to become your own small energy provider talk to our friends at energy pal look i know you got questions it's so complicated now which battery should i get which solar panel should i get which inverter should i get they know all the answers. They know which people to go to to get the best prices, and they do all that for free. So reach out to them, tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you, and see what they have to tell you. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. We need your stories. Remember to send them in to us, two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape with good audio, no music, and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, so what do we got for a video contributor story this week? Russ sent us this story about an EV charging station that went in at, uh, well, I'll let him show you. Okay. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Russ from England here. I just wanted to let you know about these five EV chargers at the Blind Gap, Bexhill on Sea in East Sussex. Uh, they're only 150 kilowatts, but where are they? They are in an SO petrol station, so that's good progress. Now you know. Petrol station. I wonder. Change uh, is coming. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Thank you, Russ. It'd be fun to put up signs that show like, you could save this much money if you charge here. <laughs> All right. It's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And on our Patreon this week, we've got Investor Club bonus stories about Ford, Rivian, and Tesla, along with Patreon bonus stories about a company that's going bankrupt. Uh, something happened in an EA charger you're going to want to find out about and something about robo taxis. Mm. So yeah, that and a whole lot more on Patreon for as little as a buck a month. You can find out all about this. So go ahead and join and see what you think. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the Patreon shout outs. These are people who support us for five bucks or more a month and uh, they get their names at the end of the show. We got Miguel Angel Friermuth, Andrea Jefferson, Eric Richards, Jonathan Gee, and Kevin Kaiser. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. So we ran a Patreon poll. Uh, what do we ask our patrons? Uh, what do you think of the latest Cybertruck side view mirrors? I mean, I'm a little worried about them, to be honest. I don't know if you're going to see everything. Most people don't care. No. <laughs> probably because they're <laughs> removable and probably because... Uh, the side view mirrors are something I guess people don't really care about. I can't wait truck. to take them off. That's going to be cool. <laughs> if, if it's legal, <laughs> it doesn't feel right. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And uh, Wall Street Silver said most Americans understood this before the creation of the Federal Reserve. There are two ways to conquer and enslave a country. One is by the sword. The other is by debt. That is a quote from John Adams. And Elon said wise words. And wise words because there is a reasonable debt to GDP ratio for a country, company or individual to have, Jason says. And we are in a dangerous moment as a country right now. This is the most important issue we face. Elon says, absolutely. And take a look at this chart showing, again, the ratio of our debt in the U.S. to GDP. And it is above 100 percent. That's uh, I don't think that's good. But you could pay it off in a year, a little over a year. 
if you didn't spend Everyone, it on. <laughs> don't buy any more food. We're not working on any roads. <laughs> we're not buying any clothes. Everything that we make in going this country, to going to debt, we got to pay it off. Yeah, let's try that one year. See if you get elected. <laughs> Uh, my policy is to gonna... just uh, pay off the debt. <laughs> it's going to be a 120% taxes this year. Owen says British Columbia, Canada just started a three-year experiment legalizing fentanyl, heroin, and several other drugs. Elon said, all things considered, this is the better approach, in my opinion. This is the uh, the Bunny Colvin strategy. <laughs> yes, in the wire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elon said, just leaving the engine bay of Starship. God, it looks cool. That looks really cool. <laughs> Elon said, good meeting with Thierry Breton regarding EU's DSA. The goals of transparency, accountability, and accuracy of information are aligned with ours. Community notes will be transformational for the latter. And uh, he is the European Commissioner for Internal Market. Elon said, what the Tesla Gigafactory Nevada will look like when finished. It's already the biggest battery cell pack and electric motor factory in the Americas. Over time, we expect Giga Nevada to be almost entirely solar powered. Alex said in 2022, wind and solar together generated more electricity in Europe than coal and gas, respectively. And this is just the start. Yeah, Elon said wind and solar combined with batteries will solve sustainable energy for Earth. Hydro, nuclear fission and geothermal will also be significant parts of the solution. And SpaceX launched another 49 Starlink satellites and Elon tweeted another batch of Starlinks in orbit. These will mostly support high latitude connectivity. And then, of course, Elon retweeted Tesla's video of how you can warm up your cabin of your Tesla from the uh, snow slopes. Elon said, made my account private until tomorrow morning to test whether you see my private tweets more than my public ones. This helped identify some issues with the system should be addressed by next week. Elon tweeted, in turbulent economic times, be wary of using margin loans to buy stock. Um, I think he's, is that from experience? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Massimo said, what if 8 billion people stood side by side? Elon said, humanity takes up very little of Earth's surface. You can fit the entire population of Earth in New York City on one floor. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't but... want to do that either. That sounds horrible. Elon said, starting today, Twitter will share ad revenue with creators for ads that appear in their reply threads. To be eligible, the account must be a subscriber to Twitter Blue Verified. We're also reviewing ad rev share for ads in a creator's tweet replies. Create an interesting thread and get paid for it. Oh, it's almost like they're monetizing their platform and incentivizing creators yes something that works yeah as doge designer said twitter is all set to share ad revenue with creators and elon said more to come on this front twitter needs to be where a creator is most highly rewarded for their time and talent yay competition Twitter takeover news said uh, news. Democrats and Republicans now equally trust Twitter under Elon Musk in addition more independents now trust the platform Elon said progress which is interesting because the the integral or the the area under the curve of that graph is going up mm -hmm. even though the highest line is going slightly down exactly and then breaking news twitter scores huge super bowl deals with major advertisers committed to spend millions elon said super appreciate support of the nfl and major advertisers and congrats to twitter team holmar's catalog said haha i still can't believe elon bought twitter elon says me neither Sucks that I had to sell so much Tesla stock to do so. Sigh. And Trunk Fan said, uh, time to get to 100 million users. And it shows that it took Twitter just five years. Uh, although Pirate Bay did it in one day. <laughs> After Netflix canceled <laughs> shared passwords. That's funny. Doge designer said, Elon Musk is just an impulsive kid with a terrible Twitter habit. This was Alex Spiro in the court. And Elon said, it's a fair cop. Elon said, ordered how to scam book months ago, but still not arrived. Starting to think that it could be, but... No, I'm sure it's coming soon. <laughs> uh, of course, he tweeted out 420. 
that's because he won his uh, his 420 tweet. Yep. And Elon said, uh, me during my French exam wondering what is the gender of a washing machine actually happened to me. German speakers, soap is feminine. French speakers, no, it's masculine. English speakers, soap is soap. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking of joining Twitter Blue Verified this week. Uh, what do you think? Comment below, because, I mean, now as a creator, if we can get monetized for doing our work, then it's there's a reason to be on it. Yeah, I've always felt I mean, you know, I, I don't want to be on Twitter. I'll be honest. I just haven't ever had the. I think it's changing. I think it feels think different. It, it feel it might be changing. I'll, I'll have to see. I've been off it for like six or seven months. Elon said, thank you for supporting Twitter. And uh, Doge Designer said, this is what mainstream media's keyboards look like. <laughs> and maybe that's why you haven't been on it. Tesla Clonomics says, I still can't believe this will be mine this year. And Elon said, very hard car to build as it's unlike any other. But as stated publicly, Cybertruck production starts this year. I'm very excited about. Uh, but then Tesla owner Silicon Valley said, when FSD beta version 11.3, Elon? Elon says, Version 11 has been tougher than expected as it is a significant re-architecture of neural nets. Plus, many more neural nets replacing C++, hoping to ship version 11.3 end of week. Oh, good. So that'd be this week, hopefully. Doge Designer said, I go to sleep, I wake up, I work, I go to sleep, wake up, work, do that seven days a week. And that was a quote from Elon at the trial. Uh, Please be safe and take care. The world needs you, Elon. And then Tesla owner Silicon Valley said, worse than 2008 or production hell? Elon said, similar. Um, and then lots of people wrote in expressing their concern about him. And he says, I'm worried about me, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Get your sleep, in, Elon. Uh, take a vacation or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unusual Whale says, just in, Elon Musk says Twitter is trending to break even after he had to save it from bankruptcy. Elon says, to be extra clear, Twitter is definitely not financially healthy yet, but it is trending to be so. Lots of work still needed to get there. Wow. And this is just weeks after he bought it. So that's I'm kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's time for community mail time. Remember, we need your stories and uh, let's find out what's going on with Nathaniel in Laos. Yeah, it's a Model X he spotted in Laos. Wow. Beautiful, huh? The car and the place. Yeah. Um, Don sent us this picture from a Gagoro battery swap station in Taiwan. And if you're part of our investor club, you'll know why uh, he probably sent that in. Robert spotted this Waymo Jaguar E-Pace in Chandler, Arizona. You can barely tell that it drives itself. <laughs> How did you know? (laughs) Marco sent us this video of an electric DeLorean on display at ISE 2023 in Barcelona, Spain. That is a audio video integration conference. Hmm. Amir saw this lucid air up in Vermont. Andre saw this electric bus in Auckland, New Zealand. Ferran saw this Tesla taxi in St. Cugat del Valles, Barcelona. Lisa sent us this picture of her Tesla getting its tires rotated. (laughs) Phil in Norway sent us this video of a supercharger in Uppsala, Sweden, that had the charging cables cut for all 10 stalls. They're all cut. Yeah, look at this. And it doesn't look like they were cut like close up at the top, like you would see if people were just stealing the copper. Mm. It looks like they were just cut to be... um, So there's everywhere. You know, I mean, you expect this kind of in the U.S., but this was Sweden. Hmm. And Chris sent us this email about his company's new F-150 Lightnings. My company took delivery of two of 10 new Ford Lightnings that they are piloting for various uses. My company has several thousand vehicles, and this pilot, I have no doubt, is going to provide some valuable feedback. Clearly, we know going electric with our fleet would provide significant benefits and savings. Here's hoping our fleet team feels the same after using these for a while, and we go full on with ordering of many more of these. That That is exciting. That is exciting. All right, it's time for Supercharged Reviews, and uh, let's see what's out there in the world. Good morning from Gallup, New Mexico. The Supercharger here, it's in the parking lot of a deserted hotel. 
not, there's a couple car, a few cars here, so I'm not quite sure what they're um, doing. But yeah, that's it. And then Highway 40 is right there. And next door is a deserted gas station. And along this strip, there's gas stations and inexpensive hotels for a while. And I'm not quite sure. Further down, there's a lot more, but I don't. I didn't venture down that far. So the charger's 250 kilowatts. I'm charging very slowly because it's like mid 20s. I know that's nothing to some of you, but <laughs> I'm not used to being this cold. I'm coming from Florida, going to Arizona. Been a fun trip. I'd rate it probably a five. Thanks, bye-bye. G'day, Zach and Jesse, it's Michael. I'm at the Warrnambool Supercharger, which is a three-stall V3 supercharger just on the outskirts of Warrnambool in the southwest of Victoria, Australia. Uh, it's just off the A1 and Highway 1, uh, which is the main road. It's actually, uh, interestingly, the longest highway in the world. It circumnavigates Australia. And uh, Warrnambool's a nice place. Uh, it's just down the road from Tower Hill, which is an extinct volcano with a crater lake in it. Got a lot of wildlife there. We saw emus, kangaroos, wallabies. Uh, and it's just across this uh, supercharger station, it's just across the road from Gateway Plaza, which has got Coles, a Kmart, an Aldi, and a few choices for food, not a huge range, uh, but there is a Hungry Jack's just across the road and a pizza place around the corner. Uh, so it's a pretty good spot and I'd give this an 8 out of 10. And now you know. Here at the Victor New York Tesla Supercharger, 150 kilowatts. Uh, it's about four minutes off the highway, I-90. And good location, you have the mall and plenty of dining. I would give this a seven out of 10. Now you know. Hello, Zach and Jesse. Welcome to a brand spanking new set of 12 Tesla superchargers and some storage for them, of course. There are 12 stalls here. We are in Hutto, Texas which is about 20 miles northeast of Austin, Texas. Uh, it's a good place to stop. There is uh, some eateries here, ironically next to the gas station by the supermarket. There's also a 24-hour convenience store there. There's a Whataburger hamburger place. It's also 24 hours. Um, across the street there, there's a, you can't see it from here, but there's a McDonald's and a Denny's. And there's several places to eat in the strip center here. Well, with other things, if you need to do anything like a haircut or uh, even a liquor store in case, um, well, I don't want to talk about Zach's habit on camera like this, but that's there in case he needs it. Um, this place that says brand spanking new, I'm not sure if it's even usable yet. <clears throat> it's on the state toll road 130 here in Texas, which is a great location. Uh, this highway runs north and south parallel to Interstate 35. And it runs all the way south to I-10 next to San Antonio, uh, bypasses the Austin Corridor, and goes north out to Interstate 35 in Georgetown, Texas. So it's a great road to travel by if you have to get by those places if you don't want to stop in them. But also provides easy access, like to Austin especially. Uh, the great thing about this particular road is that if you head south on it about 20 miles, you are at the Texas Gigafactory. That alone should give it two extra stars. 
Uh, I would give it a 10 out of 10, but I'm gonna have to drop it to eight out of 10 for one very important reason, is that this particular supercharger nozzle just does not fit my current Cybertruck. I just don't know what to do. If I water it with electrons, that might, yeah, never mind. Anyway, now you know, and welcome to Texas. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you want to see a map with all of the Supercharger Reviews that our community has put together, um, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a map. You can upload your own sites as I well. Think, I mean, first of all, I think it's the only site, but it's definitely the biggest site of videos of Superchargers. So yeah, if you want to see what they look like, where you're going and planning out your trip, it's so invaluable. And we have new Superchargers this week that were built this week. And I think I said last week that uh, we didn't see any Chinese superchargers. It's the holiday, and now we have a few. Now we have a few. So let's begin. Uh, the four-stall, 150 kilowatt in Beijing at the Sino Ocean Future Plaza. The three-stall in Zhaozhou at Longhu Tanje, China. The six-stall in Beijing at Zhaoyao. The six-stall in Beijing at the Hukai Commercial Center in China. The three-stall in Foshan at Golden Dream Van Kelly, China. The three-stall at Zhenwu at the World Trade Center, China. And number 1,587 in China is the six stall in Huzhou at Angie County Hilton Garden Hotel, China. Number 68 in Sweden is the 20 stall in Orangekoldvik, South Sweden. Number 56 in Virginia is the seven stall in Fredericksburg at Jefferson Davis Highway, Virginia. Number 105 in the UK is the 12 stall in Guilford, UK. Number 124 in Florida is the 12 stall at Tarpon Springs, Florida. Number 30 in Oregon is the 12 stall in Beaverton. Number four in D.C. is the eight stall in Washington at M Street Northeast. Number 40 in Washington is the eight stall in Chehalis, Washington. Number 56 in Australia is the three stall at Can River, Victoria. You got the 48 stall. Am I reading that right? 48 stall in Temple, Texas. And number 109 in Texas is the 14 stall in Houston at Loetta Road, Texas. Number 336 in California is the eight stall in San Rafael, California. Number 178 in Canada is the 20 stall in St. Louis de Blanford, Quebec. And number 29 in Nevada, number 1654 in the U.S., number 4740 in the world is the 12 stall in Las Vegas, South Rampart Boulevard, Nevada. Wow. We're getting close to 5,000 superchargers in the world. Yes. That's exciting. Now, the reason Jesse and I create the show every week is because we hope in our own little way that we're helping to make this world a better place. Sustainable transportation and energy are good for the planet, but you know what else is good for the planet? Hugs. Oh. Give a few a little extra hugs this week. Let the people around you know that you love them. Nothing lasts. You got to appreciate and enjoy it while you can. And we appreciate you. You're watching. You're sending us your community mail times, your video contributor stories. You're joining our Patreon and you're supporting us so we can bring you independent news every week. Thank you. Thank you to all these amazing patrons whose names you are seeing here. Thank you to our amazing new team of editors around the world who are editing all of our videos right now. Uh, thank you to our amazing uh, producer. And thank you to, and I just want to thank the Academy. Um, <laughs> sorry, I watched the Grammys last night, so that was funny. Um, but yeah, uh, hugs all around. We'll see you next week. Now, now you know. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.